while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. Also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. We do have some uh, app chatters over here. Uh, but, and we'll get to get to that in a moment. But um, Adam Bass is uh, just writing his article, giving his uh, update on what happened in the city council. He was in, in the chambers today reporting on what happened, and then he'll come and uh, talk with us about it when he's done. Until then, we can take your calls at 508-996-0500. Again, I want to thank Ross Grace for com- uh, calling in and talking about um, you know, reacting to the news that Superintendent Thomas Anderson might leave New Bedford and how he thinks that should um, that should play out. Ross um, Ross's interview is uh, should be up soon on podcast. I just uploaded the podcast, so it should be up soon. And um, you should check out the other great podcasts we have. I had a great interview with Fairhaven Selectman Leon Corey last night, and we talked about. Um, we talked about a lot. Actually, we talked about some town issues. He took calls from constituents. He um, talked about Black History Month, what it meant to him being uh, a black man, getting elected to uh, the Fairman Select Board. It was a really good conversation. So we've got that interview with Ross Grace. We've got that interview with Leon Corey. We've got that, uh, a lot of good interviews with other people like Congressman Jake Auchincloss, Con- Congressman Bill Keating. I do actually want to draw your attention to an article I wrote. And we talked about this a little bit, so we don't have to talk about it um, as much, but we talked about this a little bit. Uh, there's an article on WBSM.com, Congressman Keating, um, uh, you know, his comments last Friday when he was talking to Chris and me, basically about the bridge funding and uh, the Cape Cod Bridge. And he explains that this funding comes out in basically like tranches it doesn't you know it's not like there's an entire you know there's a 1.8 billion in funding that they were going to get and they lost it and they'll never get funding again just said basically that it comes out in tranches and that they're you know moving forward to submit a more competitive grant next time and so there's a article you can check out on wbsm.com also my article on uh, my interview with uh congressman jake Auchincloss, so you can check that out. Uh, check that out as well. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on the program. We got a couple app chat messages about MCAS. You know, I talked about a little bit about that in the eight o'clock hour. You know, a lot of people were saying basically um, that they don't like MCAS, uh, that it's stupid and it shouldn't be around anymore. I I agree. You know, I shared my personal story on it, and uh, there's there's many others like that. It's not a good barometer for how a student's going to 
perform in the real world or perform in college, and it's been a hindrance on. It's been a hindrance on um, a lot of uh, young individuals' educational opportunities. It's unfortunate, actually, that the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education actually voted to. They actually voted to. Um, uh, raise the required score of MCAS. They voted to raise the uh, required score of MCAS. This was after the pandemic, where students, you know, just did decidedly worse on the on the tests. Is when public opinion has largely shifted towards not doing it. Where there's not a single educator that likes it, right? There's not a single student that likes it. There's not a single parent that likes it. For the most part, I don't know of many others. You know, actually, one time I had. Uh, you know, one, one time I had, uh, I actually had, when I had Rep Hawkins on on my Saturday show to talk about the MCAS, someone had reached out to me, said, Hey, would you like to hear the counter argument, right? From some organization. I said, sure. Yeah, that'd be great. That person never showed up. I said, sure, that'd be great. That person never showed up to the interview, never showed up, never bothered, uh, never bothered to show up. And maybe it's because the arguments are, you know, for the MCAS are completely morally bankrupt. Like there's organizations like the School Business Alliance, and you know, as as Ross as Ross Grace had said before, there is financial public. Uh, there is uh, not public, private financial interest in administering the the MCAS, and so organizations like business school alliances and things like that that come out in favor of it. It's very clear why they want to. It's not a barometer for six. It's not a good barometer for a student's success in the real world. It's held a lot of people back. Uh, it's stressing kids out. It's stressing teachers out. And it does need to be modified. There is a, a place, a time and place for standardized testing. Um, I think even the education reform advocates, uh, MCAS reform advocates say that, but it doesn't need to be this dogmatic adherence to, you know, a singular standardized test. And that will determine, necessarily determine, you know, your future. And there's a lot of students that can do well in a classroom setting, but can't necessarily do well in a standardized testing setting that are being foreclosed from those opportunities. So it's an important conversation to have and one that will definitely continue here. I remember when they raised those scores, the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education had raised those MCAS scores. Then uh, there was a a letter from... uh, uh, the legislator that had a hundred signatures on it. And that was just after they had found out, like they got a hundred signatures from the legislator pretty quickly. There's 160 people in the house. There's a uh, 40 in the Senate. So there, and I know there's, there's um, a lot. I think the legislative coalition for, uh, from my understanding, the legislative coalition for modifying MCAS for modifying MCAS is, um, pretty is a is pretty is a pretty healthy number. It's a pretty healthy number from what I understand. So um, I think that you know I think there's a lot of there hasn't been any real position on from I don't believe from Maura Healy on this uh, or from the her education department. I don't know if we'll get one uh, anytime soon. I mean it's a conversation that definitely needs to be had, especially when they're raising the MCAS scores. Um, you know, I, I, it seems like a, the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education is, is pretty um, out of step with, you know, the, 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 the needs and the plight of real students and educators. 
And maybe there's something that needs to be done about that because the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education is appointed <clears throat> by the governor. So maybe there's something that can be done about that. But um, for now, um, we'll, we'll continue to move that conversation forward here. But 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. Adam Bass will be joining us soon after he uh, after he finishes his piece. He's looking at me right now that he's going to come in now. Are you coming in now? I mean, you don't have to come in now. You can if you want. Do you want to come in now? Are you able to? You're good? All right. Have a seat, Adam Bass. Hey, Adam. Hey, Marcus. Good to be here once again. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me, and thanks for the work you're doing out there in, uh, in City Hall. So, so Adam, you were at City Hall today. Um, some things happened. I think a fairly unremarkable meeting. Well, that's not fair. Every day at City Hall is remarkable. You're always <laughs> going to be able to find. A, <laughs> you're always going to be able to find a story, no matter what. And sure. tonight. Uh, we had two stories to, or excuse me, one big story and one smaller story. Uh, the first story tonight was that Councilor at Large Brian Gomes introduced a measure. A measure is an order or something that would be put forward to the city council for a vote to have John Costo, John Costa, excuse me, which is the head of the Management of Information Services in New Bedford. Come talk to them and propose. So, like the IT department. Yes, the IT department. Thank you. Uh, put propose a social media account on Facebook and Twitter for the city council. Okay, Twitter too, huh? Twitter too. So this. Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, it's just Twitter's. I don't know if Twitter's a real medium for them to get their message out there, but like we're on Twitter, right? Oh yes, very much so. <laughs> Maybe a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're on Twitter. Um, Twitter to me feels like a, a place for people like you and me, right? Mm-hmm. It's very overrepresented by by people in the media. Um, but no, I, I like that they have it. I mean, it'll, it'll, I get to retweet stuff and, and like it and retweet it and talk about it. I guess it'll give me more to do. So I appreciate it. I think yeah. it's good. I think it's a good idea. What this uh, for those who are listening, what this site would do, these sites would do, was would be to provide information for people about the city council votes. There's a little known. F- site called facebook yes facebook and twitter <laughs> they, so, so yeah. the city council is going to get their own twitter and facebook account that's correct it would it would be very similar to how the town of north alboro does it okay. they have a twitter account and they have a facebook account they post live meetings on there live votes on there which is which are on the live meetings and okay. agendas so for those who want to follow along with city council it's actually great it will it will provide a, a more accessible way for people to get that information. That's awesome, actually. I think it's a really good idea. Uh, posting agendas, like a prior to the meeting. Yes, that would be part of it. Uh, cool. Posting agendas and also posting uh, how committees vote. Something not often seen in some places of government, namely the Massachusetts House and sometimes the Massachusetts <laughs> Senate. Yeah, so for people who don't know, Massachusetts House and Senate they don't record their committee votes. So well, actually, votes- Marcus, that's not true. The Senate does it. The oh, the Senate, Senate does, does it? it? Okay. Yeah. It's the House that doesn't do it. That's right. Yeah, there was some pushback on that. Um, Erica Eiderhoven from Somerset, I had her on, on my old show. She she wanted to try to change that, but it, it, people like the way they do business over there. So the House the house doesn't record their votes. So they want to, they, what do you mean, committee reports? Because like, we, we, we know how they vote. Right. Because it's all recorded. Well, in fairness, Marcus, not everyone follows us at WBSM. There might be some people... 
Uh, in fall, I, don't, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all wish, but there might be some people in upstate Massachusetts, or excuse me, westward Massachusetts. We don't really have an upstate up here. Um, who may not follow New Bedford City Council? Maybe there's that one guy in Lenox, Massachusetts, and they're sinking at his couch. You know, maybe I want to know what's going on in the New Bedford City Council. But shoot, I don't follow Adam Bass or Marcus Farrow. So what do I do? I know I'll just follow the city uh, council. Uh, the city council. The long day of apple picking in Lenox, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Comes. To- <laughs> so um, uh, yeah. So. Uh, Okay, that makes sense. No, I I support it. I think it's I think it's a good I think it's a good thing. So, um so they want to so the they basically want they what they're saying is they want to make the votes they take and the things that they do more out there and transparent. Yes. Uh, okay. that's what uh Councilor Gomes said to me. He also said that he hopes that this New website. These two web pages will inspire uh, media markets and media reporters from Boston and Providence to g- reach out to the city council and ask them about stories. Okay. Oh, okay. So people can track it, and they say, "Okay, this is interesting," and then they'll they'll, they'll uh, okay, right? Because yeah. you know, I'm fortunate enough, and Arthur Hirsch of the New Bedford Light is fortunate enough to go to these meetings, but not all reporters are. You know, a lot of people probably at 7 News, at WHDH, probably don't have any reporters going to these meetings. They don't care like we care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I think it's a good idea. Is it – I wonder, did they say anything about, like, do they feel like maybe Mayor Mitchell can post on the city of New Bedford or he has more ability with the social media accounts that the city has that they want to sort of – Put out some antibodies. So Gomes told me that this idea had been in the works as far back as 2019. Okay, but due to COVID and changes on the council, such as Hugh Dunn resigning, that kind of got pushed back. Sure. So now, with a new councilor coming in on the 28th of that new special election for Ward Three, this is going to be able to move forward. So we're going to probably see this new website these two websites come into action probably late 2023 oh, okay so was this a this was a motion that passed or is it sent to committee so what it's going to do is that they're going to have the committee on appointments and briefings meet with uh mr costa and they're going to go over a discussion with it and they're going to have i guess you could say a breakdown of how are we gonna how are we going to implement this who's going to run it uh, they want to do an internship program for students at nearby universities and at Greater Tech, at Greater New Bedford Vocational Tech High School, Regional Votech, uh, Vocational Tech High School, yeah. uh, to help run these accounts. And okay. uh, Councillor Gomes also told me, he said, look, at some point we're probably going to have to find people uh, to hire to run this thing because it might become very time consuming. So what you're saying is they might have a, like a social media person. Uh, that's what uh, Councillor Gomes implied, yes. They probably have to figure out which councilor has the authority to post on it. So from what I understand, it's going to be city council staff that gives the authority. And probably what they're going to do is that they're going to have the city councilor go up to the staff and say, hey, I want to post this. Can you post this? Um, Go over it like that. Okay. So any other comments on that the uh, did anybody vote against it no no one voted against it they all seemed very very excited for this new project it's a good idea it, it's 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 an interesting idea uh, more more people should get involved or should know about what's going on in their local government and to make it more accessible for people even who aren't as you know political wonks as you or i 
it's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. So, um, anything else? There was a pickleball. Yeah. So, counselors uh, Pere- Ryan Pereira of Ward Six and Ian Abreu, uh, city at large, city council at large, wasn't at the meeting due to a personal issue. They put forward a proposal to have a, a pickleball courts at the uh, Marywood. It's the Marywood Park uh, in 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 Ward Six. Or excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's pickleball courts in at a park. I believe. Ward six, Hazelwood. Yeah. Hazelwood, not Marywood. Yeah. I apologize for All that. Right. Yeah, Hazelwood Park. I'm still getting used to the area. Oh, well, it's fine. Um, and from from what I understand, this has been a widely requested addition to Hazelwood Park, uh, mainly from seniors who really love the pickleball scene. Yeah. No, I I, I was talking about how I you know was successfully lobbied by the Fairhaven Pickleball Association. On the Board of Public Works to get some pickleball stuff through. You know, Marcus, I remember when I worked back at Lynn, um, there was a big story about how the town of Nahant had been working together to get a pickleball court. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what's happened back then because I'm down here and not up there anymore. That's, that's so far away from here. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it it, there, I remember talking to the people of Nahant and they were very passionate about pickleball. And this was at uh, the tail beginning of, 20, or excuse me, the head of 2021, yeah. where pickleball began to really take off. So, you know, I think pickleball is a sport that's spreading the nation. And who knows, with all the sports that's going on in Massachusetts, sports betting, and, you know, the fact that our current governor, Maura Healy, used to play in sports, maybe they'll be. Oh. Did you did you know, actually, oh, interesting ahead. that an interesting point about Maura Healy and Kim mm-hmm. Driscoll. Did you know they played basketball? That's a shock <laughs> to me. That's a shock to me. I never heard that. You never heard of that. <laughs> no. No, no, it's never been mentioned. It's weird. I don't know why they're not a little bit more, yeah. up front, uh, you know, out front with their, did with I their, tell you, did their I careers tell you basketball players. When I went to their inauguration, they had a basketball cake. It was, you know, it was a cake of the state house, and the dome was of a basketball. The golden dome was of a basketball. It, it, I, I had to stop oh. myself, and I thought to myself, oh, my God, this is like being at a bar mitzvah party again. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. That's funny. Um, uh <laughs> So, um, so Adam, anything else in the uh, in the council meeting that's worth uh, mentioning? Pickleball. There's going to maybe be a social media account. Well, not the moment, but you know, a lot of people are looking forward to the. Oh, there is one other thing. Uh, Robert Mororo, uh was now the current the current temporary district fire chief has now been officially appointed as the as the permanent district fire chief of New Bedford. His family was there. Cool. He, he got a standing ovation. Uh, what they did actually was something very interesting in city council. So they waived two rules, uh, Rule 38 and Rule 40. And apparently those are the rules that basically you have to go through the confirmation hearing and they skipped over it so they can sign him on. So, oh, okay. So they clearly thought he was qualified. You know, he worked as district chief for quite a – or excuse me, temporary district chief for quite some time. And they really like his work as as a chief. So – they, he got a round of applause. It was a very touching moment in the city council. I recall uh, council at large, uh, Marie, uh, Naomi Carney, uh, giving him a big hug afterwards. It was it was a very touching scene. That's cool. Um, yeah, I always like seeing stuff like that. So, well, it sounds like um, you know some important stuff got done. wasn't as uh, you know as um, flashy. As exciting, well, but you know, it was good. Well, you know, Marcus, not every council meeting has to be flashy. A, a good reporter, regardless of who they are, they can find a story anywhere. And I think city council meetings, even if they're not as 
you know, explosive as, as say, a rules hearing on Capitol Hill or as or as tense as a committee hearing here on, on Beacon Hill, there can still be a story because everything's going to happen at a city council meeting. It's how things get done here. True. All right, Adam, uh, anything else that you want to share with us before I let you go? Well, I think, you know, share a good weekend coming up. It's going to be nice and sunny tomorrow. Uh, I feel like doing old PSAs back at WCCS now with, the, <laughs> with that. But no, nothing right, nothing new right now. Yeah. All right. Well, Adam, thanks so much for your work. Thanks for being there covering the city council meetings for us. Your um, your article should be up soon on WBSM.com mm-hmm. for people who want to read uh, more about about your work. I appreciate you coming on here. Anything else we should look forward to with uh, the work you're doing? Well, whatever comes around the bend uh, at City Hall, we'll see what happens then. Great. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate right, it. Take care. Was was, yeah, but Adam, I'm still in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big deal. I gotta, I gotta take a break anyway. Fourteen twenty WB. Welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can join me for the evening. We're also taking your messages on the WBSM uh, app chat. Um, there's some interesting news, I think, in the state house today. There was a group of climate activists that were arrested uh, for um, basically doing a sit-in of Governor Maura Healy's office. They're called um, uh, they're called Extinction Rebellion. Um, they're basically like a global civil disobedience group. Uh, they were founded in the United Kingdom and. They try to basically, you know, cause some disruption, uh, you know, businesses, you know, try to what they said is disrupt the businesses, disrupt business as usual to get um, to try to get climate action done. I think more Healy thing is, it's kind of interesting to do it with. Um, it's kind of interesting to do it to more Healy, right? Because I feel like more Healy has been. I don't know what more they they just said no new gas hookups, no Springfield pipeline. So those are the things that they were protesting. Maura Healy's been, I think, out of the gate pretty clear on where she's at with climate change. She appointed a a, a climate chief. She created an office of climate resili- resiliency in the state government. So created a cabinet level position and a new um, executive office. Within the state government, her very first, her very first out of state office, actually as governor, was here at UMass Dartmouth. It was here at UMass Dartmouth um, for a climate roundtable. Mayor Mitchell was there. Mayor Coogan from Fall River was there. Senator Montigny, Rep. Uh, Markey, Rep. Schmid. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of local leaders in, like, science and education. And, you know, they talked about offshore wind and all of that. And so I think it's just kind of interesting. I don't know. I, you know, there's... I guess they... I guess they have also previously 
held protest outside of Governor uh, Charlie Baker's home in Swampskit. Poor Governor Charlie Baker got a ton of protest outside of Swampskit. Remember that big, I remember he had that big uh, COVID protest outside of his house when, you know, in the throes of the pandemic when he tried to, when he basically tried to, um, when he basically tried to, uh, you know, just keep everything, like keep the regulations in place and all of that stuff. In 2020, a bunch of people protested outside of his house in, uh, in Swampskit. I guess that's kind of like, you know, the, the, the heavy lies the crown type of stuff, but um, just an interesting bit of news. Yeah, there was a, a sit-in in Maura Healy's office. I, I don't know exactly, you know, what more they want from him. Apparently, there's a there's going to be a five-mile pipeline. Eversource uh, Ever wants to build a five-mile pipeline linking an existing station in Springfield to a soon-to-be-built uh facility in Longmeadow. Longmeadow is a neighboring town of Springfield, so it basically would be like hooking a pipeline from New Bedford to Dartmouth. It said it's five miles long. Um, there has been strong local opposition to it, but uh, it has to see, get a final... Uh, a final. So state regulators have to... Um, have to... State regulators have to um, move move forward with that. Uh, so I guess that's why they're protesting outside of her office. So, um, and so they're sitting in, (laughs) sitting in on our office. I don't know. Does I guess that, you know, we're talking about it now. It's been covered in the news. So maybe that's the point that, uh, maybe that's what the point that they were trying to make. I know sitting, uh, sitting outside of legislature's offices is a thing that people do. I remember it wasn't that long ago when Nancy Pelosi, it was Nancy Pelosi had a bunch of, um, I think it was school children. I think it was like school age children who were did a sit-in um, at her office on the Capitol building uh, to try to get her to take more action on climate. She called the... Uh, I think she had mocked the Green New Deal. She's like, oh, you know, the, you know, did it on purpose too. Oh, you know, the Green Dream or whatever you call it. And so I think they responded by having a sit-in like... Uh, I think school-age children had sat in her office. So it's not like an uncommon thing. Um, maybe it gets the point across, but uh, Healy has previously said, I'll be the most aggressive governor in the country on climate. So it was like the very first thing she did. It was the very first thing she did when she got into office is, is you know, start these new climate initiatives. It seemed like it's going to be like the cornerstone of her, her governorship. So. Um, but, uh, I guess for some activists, um, you know, she needs to go even further, uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take another break. I'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. 1420 WBSM can now be heard on 99.5 FM. South Coast Tonight. message is for Karina. Our mom who finished her high school diploma at age 28. Hi, mom. It's Emmeth and Nicholas. Congratulations on getting your diploma. You worked so hard and have taught us so much. We love you. When you graduate, they graduate. Finish your high school diploma for you and for them. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. 
Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. They are our love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Children are placed in foster care through no fault of their own. Because of abuse or neglect, it's heartbreaking. We were just left in a hotel. Tay and his brothers were adopted with help from the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. But more than 100,000 children in the U.S. are still waiting for a family. Now that I'm adopted, I can focus on being a kid. Learn how you can help at DaveThomasFoundation.org. WBSM isn't just a broadcast. It's also a podcast. Get all of our podcasts at WBSM.com, the WBSM app, or just search WBSM on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. What's going on? Not much. How you well, doing? Well, I'm all right. I'm here. Uh, what's the plan for the uh, Ward 3 uh, election here at the end of the month, is it? Uh, you, you're getting the candidates on and trying to give the Ward 3 voters another chance to uh, show some interest in what's going on? Here's where I'm at. Okay. The election's February 28th. Okay. I scheduled a debate on February 22nd. Uh-huh. One candidate has confirmed thus far. I'm waiting uh-huh. for confirmation for the other, but uh-huh. the date, but the debate, regardless, will move forward on that day um, because our audience deserves one. Yep. So yep. we're going to do it. Yes. Uh, what if one candidate decides uh, not to debate? Then? then their opponent will get an hour of radio time by themselves. I see. I yeah. see. That's that. We're, we're, we got to we, we got to move forward here. We we can't. You know. We, uh, I want have I want to have both candidates in. But yeah, that would that would be nice. And it would be it would be great, but it's not. You know, it's ultimately. You know, we, we have a date. We set a date. That date's available. Mm-hmm. One candidate's confirmed, uh-huh. and, and hope, hopefully, I think the other candidate will confirm and show up. Uh, if they don't, then what, shame you know. on them. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I don't want to. You know, it's 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 whatever. You know, you, they they can. I. I just, just saying that that February twenty second will be a debate. I anticipate we'll have both candidates. If not, it will move forward with with just one candidate. One candidate. Yeah. Uh, now, again, uh, position on uh, uh, the appointment of someone to the uh, Vogue School Committee. Will that be taken up before the election or after the election? Okay, so this is a story I was actually working on, and I wasn't sure, but I haven't heard any comment. But I'll just go with it. I, I heard comment from other people. I have enough. I have enough information that I feel confident going. You know, mm-hmm. just saying it on the air now. Mm-hmm. But I have heard from two different people, two credible people, mm-hmm. um, that uh, uh, Councilor Carney is looking to try to uh, spike. Um, along with other councils, looking to try to spike Carol Pimentel's nomination. And they would do this by, because her nomination is still in committee because it was only a five to four vote. You need six votes. Yes. So they do that by moving it. They want to send it to the full council with a recommendation for no further action and then vote um, for no further action, which would kill her nomination, which would mean Mitchell would need to renominate her and... There would, uh, you know, obviously it can get jammed up a few uh, a few ways in that in that in that regard. But 
Um, I talk. I spoke with Councilor Burgo recently. Um, you know, he's he he had said that you know he was he's he's trying to you know he's trying to fight that, but I don't think they have the votes to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you need you still need six votes, mm-hmm. but that's what they're trying to do. Otherwise, um, I think they're they're trying to. Um, I think Mitchell's hoping for another vote, you know, after the after the Ward Three Council. Convenes. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Actually, I, to tell you the truth, I actually think that they won't when the yeah. Well, you know, it's obviously the people of Ward Three deserve to 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 have a say in this, and, and you know, trying to kill a nomination now is basically saying that they don't get a say. Um, but uh, doing it deliberately too, five days before an election, but. Um, would we, like I think it's scheduled for it'd be scheduled for Monday, and that city council meeting would be scheduled for February twenty third. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so that's what's ha- that that that's that's you know what we're hearing now. Um, Councilor Burgo spoke out against it. I, I have some comments from him okay. on the record, basically saying you know no matter who you put forward, the next school committee nominee is going to feel exactly the way Mayor Mitchell does mm-hmm. about this admissions process. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I, you know I hate to say it, but um you know if you voted you know if you're voting to uphold the 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 admissions criteria you might be on the wrong side of a federal lawsuit at this point so well, they, you know that's game set match there as soon as they put this lawsuit in uh, you know basically it's over i don't care what the uh yeah. the city council does you know you're not going to fight uh, uh, a federal lawsuit and certainly yeah. uh uh, it's going at the at Desi, not really at the school in particular but uh, it's over you know it's yeah. game set match sorry you know, yeah. and and to try to do more things to delay things doesn't seem to make any <coughs> political sense at all. You know, and I I don't know what they're trying to do there. I feel sorry for uh, the, the mayor's nominee. How much how much of a beating can she continue to take? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I she doesn't deserve it. I, no, I know Carol. She doesn't not. deserve it. And um and uh, and to say you know uh and like saying she was too old and all that. I, I didn't think that was right. Um, but. Uh, you know, she she'll probably have the votes after. Um, she'll probably yeah, she'll probably have the votes after the Ward Three election. Yeah, yeah. And if it's over the admissions policy, I mean, really, like I said, the you know, there's there's they keep saying it's working, it's working. It's like it's not work. It's working for who? You know, like it's not working, right? It's it's you know, it's not working for a lot of students, and that's why there was a federal lawsuit filed. Well, so. it's, it's a civil rights thing, basically. And well, it's a, it's you know, like Mitchell said, the statistic the statistics show like it's statistically like it's it's not even like a mm-hmm. it's not even like oh this is an opinion. It's like the statistics show that there's clear disparities um, yeah. along yeah. lines of protected classes of students, and those need to be corrected by law. So yeah. it's not even like a matter of opinion. Any effort to get any administrator from Vogue in to talk about it? Or I tried. Look, I look. I I reached out to them to get their comment. And the first story I wrote, they did. I had a nice conversation, a brief but very thorough conversation with the administration. Uh, I said, "Hey, listen, I'd like to have somebody on after the, uh, uh, you know, at some point on the show." They said, "Yes, we'd love to." Uh, I haven't heard anything since. I, I'm, I can give them the benefit of the doubt. Say they might yeah. be busy. They might have stuff going on. I don't know, but well, it I have tried. for them to keep their head down. <laughs> I would say maybe, considering yeah. there's a federal lawsuit going yeah, on, yeah, that might be the know, that might be the issue. Uh, the mayor, as a former prosecutor, hit that nail right on the head. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you don't want to get in, involved in this, and uh, you shouldn't, you know, certainly back off because you don't want to go there where you where, where you've been taken right now. And it's not at the school; it's at the uh, Department of Education as a whole. It's, let's face it so that's that's very broad reaching you know um 
What other issues would you bring up with the Ward 3 candidates if you had them in, in the studio? Yeah, I'd right like now? to talk about the advanced manufacturing campus, what they want to do um, on that front to, mm-hmm. you know, be a steward for the people that live there, mm-hmm. how they, you know, what kind of development they want to see in the Hicks Logan area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their their thoughts on public safety, those are obviously a really important issue, their thoughts on the budget. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. We're going to have, um, I think, believe we're going to have Jack Spillane in to moderate with us as well. Yeah, so. that's, that's good. Have mm-hmm. you heard uh, anything that the candidates might be doing to try to get more people involved to vote? No. Uh... no, I think, you know, it's it's one of those things, the, you know, the formula is the formula. You, you know who votes. Those people are going to show up. You hit their door. You ask for their vote. Yeah, but and... they didn't have too many people show up in the, in the primary. That's what I'm saying. Do you think there'll be a boost? Nah. No, I think if you're going to show up in a, in a, in a I think if you're going to show, I'd be surprised if there were more people. I think it's the same people um, that will show up. It's the same people that show up to a, that, that'll show up in a preliminary you know, special election in in the winter will show up to the general one too. I, well, I doubt there'll be a that's major. Too bad. I, I would I would hope that the candidates would try to induce the uh, the voters of that ward to to get out there more and and and, and you know and, ha- and have a say in what goes on in their ward and and and, and be able to hear you know what those people are you know are concerned about and everything. It's uh, especially after all the work you guys did to try to. Uh, you know, get people interested in, in the whole thing, you know, that sort of stuff. You know? Yeah, I tried. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, there's no question. Tried, about it. you know, it's it's just, um, you know, I think the lion's share of our listening audience, of anybody's listening audience, really, is, is can't, you know, can't vote in the election, too, so there's that. But um, I think the people that do vote in this ele- vote in that election do listen to WBSM, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, i got to take this break, but All I right, appreciate Marcus, the call. keep up the good work. Thank you, I appreciate okay. it. All right, bye-bye. If you want to hear everything, I'm Marcus. Um, thanks for joining me this evening. I had a lot of fun. Tomorrow, it'll be uh, Bristol County Sheriff Paul Harrow is going to join us at the top of the show on Friday. He'll talk to Chris and I. Um, he'll talk to Chris and I about some stuff he's got uh, going on, uh, some important, you know, announcement stuff, and uh, it, it'll be a good conversation with him at, at 7 o'clock. And, of course, we'll always be joined by you at 508-996-0500 and on the WBSM app chat. That's how you can join me this evening. Thanks to Ross Grace. Thanks to people who called in. Thanks to people who app chat message. Thanks to Adam Bass. Um, and we will uh, we will be back tomorrow for Friday. So get ready. It'll be uh, It'll be fun. Later.